Hi, this is Junda. Welcome to Tree Leaf. And I'm going to be wagging my finger at a lot of folks involved in recent sex scandals involving Zen masters. Except I'm not just talking about the Zen masters themselves, although you'll hear me have a lot to say about them during this talk. I'm talking about all of us, the people around these affairs and our reactions to them. I think there's a lot that needs to be pointed out there and a lot of us don't have our heads screwed on quite right about these things. First off, I'd like to criticize the people who try to deny this or cover it up. The people who want to spray the stink with perfume. The people who want to say that it doesn't exist or that we better not talk about this or that there isn't a problem here. And let me say that there's a lot of folks like that out there. A recent example was the discussion at Sweeping Zen of Zen Forum International, a place where any criticism of structural issues in the Zen Buddhist world or any criticism of recent scandals involving Edo Shimano Roshi seems to be something to sweep under the rug that we best not talk about. We had only pre best present the beautiful flowery side of this Zen Buddhist world, sweeping all the legitimate criticisms under the rug. I think that's a mistake. A recent example was a scholarly paper that was published discussing a sect in Europe that has all the aspects of a cult, including psychological and sexual abuse by the leader, thought control, punishments to those who try to leave the sect, and on and on. Criticism of that is written off as, well, just overstated or some kind of founder's syndrome where people are overly attached to the founder and it's all perfectly understandable. Baloney! It's a cult. And cultish behavior deserves to be criticized. It hurts people. But here's the thing there too. Just because this appears in the Zen Buddhist world or the widest wider Buddhist world for from time to time. Don't think that a few bad apples spoil the whole bushel. You know, cults appear not just in Zen, not just in Buddhism, but in all religious groups. In fact, in political groups, in all kinds of social groups. Even in the old days, uh, for example, some uh, radical groups could very much be described as cults for political purposes. A cult is not something endemic to Zen Buddhism alone, but it does appear within Zen Buddhism, and it deserves to be criticized. And any attempt, any attempt by Zen Forum International or any other forum, Dharma Wheel is guilty of this quite often, of trying to perfume and cover up the ugliness is a mistake. We need to discuss it. We need to face it. A lot of members of groups like the AZTA and uh, other uh, Buddhist Sangha have taken the attitude of those, you know, three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, to the goings-on with Edo Shimano because it's in someone else's house, because we'd best look away, pretend it's not happening because any discussion of this is just, well, embarrassing to all of us. Well, yes, it's in 
someone else's house, but it's in all our houses. And any attempt to cover up the fact that uh, this man is still being honored, that they are conducting ceremonies and inviting him to be their leader, that they're paying him a huge stipend, that they're giving him a luxury apartment on, on the west side of New York, that uh, people are trying to rebuild his reputation. This deserves to be criticized by all of us, all of us, and not swept under the rug or uh, just simply ignored. Okay, enough of that. But let me now turn to the next group. Those who sweep all the little sexual foibles and mistakes of Zen teachers into the same category. Let me put this bluntly. Let's say someone is married and falls in love with someone outside of marriage and has an affair. Is that the same as a sexual predator, a repeat sexual predator such as Edo Shimano? The answer is absolutely not. These things happen between consenting adults, people do fall in love, even sometimes teachers with students. Now, don't get me wrong, if there is any hint in a teacher and a student developing a, a relationship in which the teacher's position or influence or mind games or status in any way played a part, I think it needs to be treated very, very delicately. If it happens, it happens. People do sometimes fall in love, even teachers and students. People sometimes are just attracted to each other. It is not to be treated the same way as someone who year in and year out is a date rapist or uses their position to psychologically coerce students into sexual affairs, as we've seen in several other cases. We need to separate these things out. Now, again, I am not in favor of teachers and students having sexual relationships at all. It is to be avoided. But it happens, and it is not, in my view, to be treated the same way as truly, truly, truly predatory behavior. Which leads to my next category of finger-wagging. Those overly idealistic folks, and Adam of Sweeping Zen, I'm talking a little bit about you here, who are so disappointed in the antics of a few Zen folks, even a few very bad Zen folks, that their idealistic images of all Zen teachers seem to come crumbling down. They've lost their trust. Well, first off, let me say this. Don't let those few bad apples dissuade you from trusting the many, many committed, dedicated, good, honest, wouldn't-hurt-a-fly Zen folks and other Buddhist teachers who are out there. There's a few folks out there who have done some bad things. Do not let them spoil your image of everyone. And number two, don't have such a high 
unrealistically superhuman image of the Zen teacher, the Zen master, that you think that these people can never fall down and have foibles. That's the next bit of finger wagging I wish to do. The image developed over the centuries, mostly by those very idealized uh, lineage legends and sutra storybooks of the perfect Zen master because their followers over the centuries idealized these folks, created fairy tales, created exaggerated images in which every bit of human sweat and smell and every scar was stripped away in the retelling of the stories of these people until they were left where they were always infallible, unable to make a mistake, every word out of their voice golden, in perfect harmony with the universe, never capable of error, never capable of breaching a precept. Baloney. And the Buddhists who believe this are naive. Naive. You're buying into the idealized, hyper-advertised image of Buddhist propaganda when you think that the Buddhist teachers of the past or Buddhist teachers now were anything less than human beings. Some very, very, very good human beings. Some saintly human beings. Of course, as there are in all religions, in Judaism, in Christianity, all religions have saints. And all these religions, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism too, have people who fall down, who do bad things. And you don't criticize all the Catholic Church for the goings-on of a few Catholic priests. You don't criticize all of Buddhism for the goings-on amongst a few Buddhist priests. Fortunately, we haven't had... Uh, any uh, known cases of child abuse in Zen or Western Buddhism, but it could happen too. There have been cases in Asian Buddhism of child abuse. It could happen. And if it happens, though, it's not a problem with the whole system. It's not a problem with all the Zen masters. It is a problem with some Zen masters falling down once in a while. But let me tell you this. A Zen master, a Zen teacher, is like any master. He could be like a carpenter, a master carpenter, who is expert in making furniture. But not every uh, bit of wood or corner turned with his tools by that master will be perfect. He could be a master surgeon who saves thousands of people with his scalpel. But every once in a while, that master surgeon is going to make a mistake, maybe kill a patient here and there. Master Karate instructor. Well, there's no Karate lesson in how never to fall down. Even the Karate master learns how to fall. Not how to never be hit, but how to respond gracefully when one is hit. And this is why I say, if you want to look for a gifted Zen teacher, don't look for the guy who claims never to fall down. Look for the fellow who every once in a while trips and falls a little, and see how gracefully they get back up, back on the horse of life. This is what you're looking for, because Zen is not about just living in the perfection of Buddha beyond all imperfections. It's also about living in this muddy, 
tricky world of samsara, where there are sand traps and mud holes and quicksand all around. What happens when the Zen master falls in? Oh, sure, we should be pretty good at avoiding the most obvious uh, traps, but every once in a while we're going to trip and stumble and fall right in the mud. What do we do when we rise up for that? Now, again, I'm not talking about the guy who's really, really bad. Don't take a Zen teacher who's truly a rapist or child molester. I'm talking about the person who once in a while goofs, says the wrong thing, trips up, uh, has an affair, uh, makes an ass of himself, which, believe me, I've done more than once. I haven't had an affair. My black belt in Aikido wife would kill me if she ever saw I did. That's besides the precepts. One major reason I haven't. Plus, I love my wife, of course. But I goof up in all kinds of other ways. What happens when you do? How gracefully do you get up, get back in balance, keep walking? That is what you want to learn from the Karate Master and the Zen Master. Now, folks like Edo Roshi, that's not what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, that guy seems to be someone who, while he's a gifted teacher of emptiness, He's really a bad guy in other ways, and I would say that that disqualifies him as a teacher, period. I'm talking about people who screw up, mess up, in sm small, very human ways. That is to be understood. Because Zen masters are not perfect. They're not people who always say the right thing. They're not Buddha. But this leads to my final point, and I want you to listen very closely. Zen masters are Buddha. They are perfect. They embody all the lineage and all the true teachings of this way. A Zen master can never say the wrong thing. A Zen master can never fall. A Zen master can never make a mistake. A Zen master is always perfect. A Zen master is a jewel. And I mean that. How you say? Let me explain. So are you. The true Zen adept will see that you and I are all Buddha, as is every rock and tree and star and mountain. There is nothing in this universe that can ever be out of place. Nothing that is ever a mistake, for it is all just what it is. The mountains preach with the Buddha's tongue, and so do the birds, so does the teacher. You know, the wind blowing, the seas flowing, there is never a wrong place for them to blow or flow. This universe is, in fact, beyond any place to fall. There is no mud to fall into, because it's all beyond any place to fall. And that applies for the Zen teacher too. And hopefully the good Zen teacher is someone who realizes that, realizes that more than most. You are Buddha, I'm Buddha. But does the Zen teacher realize that and realize it means pierce that fact and make it real in his life? How does he live? How does he embody this no place to fall, even when he falls. You have to understand, in all our teachings, there is that between and beyond and through and through 
anyone to do wrong, anyone to be wrong, any wrong to do, any wrong to be hurt. This is the Dharmakaya of Buddha. We are all that. But yet we live here in samsara, where there are places to fall down, wrongs to be done, people to be hurt, crimes to be committed, penalties to be paid. This teaching is about living with both feet in each realm. How well do we do that? There are Zen teachers who may fully realize the Dharmakaya, all perfection, emptiness, but be fools, fools at living in this world. Hopefully the real Zen teacher is adept, masterful at both. Some are not. But finally, even in the case of people who do wrong, we have to, we have to learn that it's not the person who does wrong. It's the greed, the ignorance within us. Someone is so filled with lust that they hurt another. It is the lust and the division to be criticized ultimately, not the person. All right, enough. Let's reflect on our own actions and sit with that. <laughs>